Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Jay Helms. I'm the founder of this podcast and movement known as the W2 Capitalist. Today's episode, I feel like I'm interviewing or really just chatting things up with a brother from another mother. We've got so much in common. I, I didn't know all this about Anton uh, until he and I started chatting. And matter of fact, after he and I finished our, our talk here, I emailed him and said, dude, I feel like you're a brother from another mother. Uh, that was exactly what I was doing. But anyway, so what this show is about, this whole W2 Capitalist piece, is about helping you build wealth while having a successful full-time job and also focusing on your family life, right? And that's what this is all about is me bringing you guests who are doing this uh, already and some who have made it to the next level, which a lot for a lot of us is is moving on to, um, uh, I, I struggle with saying financial independence, but that's what it is, right? That's how we all know it. I struggle with the fact of seeing one day where I'm going to have, uh, not have a W2 job. I had this conversation yesterday at work where, um, somehow we got to talking about retirement. I was like, you know, I will never retire. It was just, I don't know. I've got to get my mindset. If I ever get to there, that's going to be the biggest hurdle that I have to deal with is, is not having one. But here's why I want, I want to give you a little bit of background on myself. Um, but, uh, and why you should actually listen to this episode. So I've been climbing this corporate ladder since 2001. Uh, my wife and I started actively investing in real estate in 2014. Since then, we have not only have I grown my W-2 career, but my wife and I expanded our real estate buy and hold portfolio to over 320 units, and that is just in five years. So we did all of this while bringing three beautiful children into the world, three beautiful, frustrating at times children. So uh, anyway, I laugh at myself. Uh, but the W2 Capitalist podcast community is here to help you do the same. Uh, quite frankly, probably even better because if I'm uh, completely honest with everybody, including myself, I'm lazy at times. So uh, we're here to lead you as corporate ladder climbers to increase your wealth by showing you just how to add streams of income through real estate investing while not losing the side of your W2 nor fumbling the family life. Fumbling the family life is probably more important uh, in that priority of, of, of things. So uh, we want you to earn, invest, repeat your way to legacy wealth. All right. So that's what today is about. That's what this show is about. I want to introduce you to one of our affiliates, um, but I'm not going to talk a whole lot about that today because Anton is actually the founder of dealcheck.io, which is an incredible piece of software that you need to sign up for. There's a couple of different membership levels. One is free for life. The next couple of ones are, are really inexpensive but it helps you analyze things. I mean, I've never seen anything like this. So if you're on bigger pockets for just the calculators, get rid of that expensive membership, go to dealcheck.io, dealcheck.io and uh, check them out. It's incredible. So without further ado, I'm not going to give you a big ad because we talk about this a little bit in the, um, in the episode. But first, I wanted to establish why we should listen to Anton. He hasn't just created this amazing piece of software, but he's also been investing for a long time. Um, he is on the, the edge of punching his W-2 clock for the last time and, and, and moving on to bigger and better things. But he's, been, he's, he's living the W-2 capitalist life right now. He's earning it, he's investing it, and he's repeating it. So it's it's amazing to see. Um, glad I got a chance to talk. To, glad I had a chance to talk to him. Uh, and without further ado, let's get to work. 
W2 Capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. Anton, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me, Jay. So, uh, no, thank you for being on here. I know it's been a little bit, I think we went into some scheduling conflicts all on my part. And I don't remember, I think one of the things I'm going to start doing for every show is immediately apologizing to the guests and say, I know we probably had to reschedule this because of a sick kid or I'm sick. We almost had to reschedule it today. I'm all amped up on Advil, cold and sinus because of whatever. Oh, man. I started breaking out in cold sweats a minute ago, and I looked at my wife. I said, I know why I feel like crap right now. She goes, why? I said, I, I think I took more than what's recommended on the Advil cold and sinus. She goes, oh, man. <clears throat> yeah, I had a cold a few weeks ago, so I yeah. was in the same boat. So if, if you hear any uh, moments of silence, that's me trying to hit the mute button so I don't cough and snort in, in your ear or anything like that. No, but No worries. So you and I connected, I think, on Facebook first, right? I think so. Yeah. But you also have a pretty active profile in Bigger Pockets, which I have escaped from. Not escaped. That's a bad word. I have done less and less on Bigger Pockets. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you're pretty active on there. So one of the things I like to do, or what I'm starting to do with guests, is make sure um, you are somebody of, uh, of knowledge, right? So let's talk about what your real estate portfolio looks like today, right? And then we'll kind of start we'll off from there. So uh, so that. today, uh, me and my wife, we have 40 total units uh, of real estate. Uh, it's kind of a mix between single family, uh, some duplexes, but mostly in fourplexes. Uh, they're spread out across four states. So we have some in California where we live in San Diego, uh, Atlanta, uh, Georgia, Birmingham, Alabama, and then Kansas City. So they're kind of all over the place. And uh, a lot of that came about because we live in a very expensive market. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. kind of Southern California is very tough for cash flow. So uh, we started here, but we started branching off into other cities kind of to look for better returns. So we got up to 40 units. Uh, these are all uh, kind of our own. We don't have any partners, we don't do syndications. Um, and we're getting about twelve, sometimes more, thousand uh, dollars of cash flow per month from these units. So it's pretty consistent at around that mark. Sometimes higher, sometimes lower. So um, yeah, and um, awesome. I think probably took us about four or five years to get here of like actively, uh, you know, buying units. So I, th- I think I saw something like you have two or three hundred. So we're definitely not quite at that level. Uh, but yeah. we're pretty happy. So I always want to, you know, there's an asterisk on that 328 units, right, that we have, um, mainly because there are, let me see, I forget the number, uh, seven that my wife and I own, and the rest mm-hmm. of them were part of bigger syndications. Syndications, right? gotcha. Yeah. So if you, if you average out the percentages, we're probably a little bit behind you as far as number of units. But when somebody just asked me, Hey, how many, you know, units, or I'm trying to talk to somebody, Hey, you know, 
it's hard for it's a lot easier for them to grasp. Hey, I'm in the big bigger syndications. My wife and I own a couple, but the total number of use is 328. Versus me going into saying, well, we own you know this percentage of this deal, this percentage of this deal, yeah. it just kind of makes the conversation go. Yeah, I'm envious of your position actually. Uh, that you don't have any part, not that our partners are bad, but just the fact that you and your wife have been able to build this and you still work full time, right? Yeah. I'm actually a big believer uh, in kind of keeping with the spirit of what your podcast, um, you know, tries to help folks do, which is uh, keep your job as, you know, your main source of income, your main source of growth for your real estate portfolio. So we've had, uh, you know, both, me and my wife worked this whole time. We still do. Uh, we save a, a, a big chunk of our salary. Uh, and that kind of one of the big drivers that allowed us to grow our portfolio, especially at the beginning. You know, when you have one or two units, even five or 10, the, the cash flow that you're probably getting from them isn't uh, like enough to buy two, three, five a year. Uh, but if you're able to save a meaningful portion of your salary, kind of combine that with your cash flow from uh, the rental properties that you do own, I think that could really snowball into some fantastic growth. And uh, that's been one of our main strategies and I definitely recommend it. Because, uh, you know, it's funny, I meet folks who want to get started in real estate um, and th- they're always looking for, hey, where do I get the money? Where do I get the cash? Yeah. And, that's, <laughs> and that's why I think, you know, there's all those gurus and movements for like no money down. Yeah starting to really say with five grand. And, and I think that's where it comes from. Folks just, you know, they, they maybe don't have a lot of savings and, and they think, mm. well, I need a lot of money to get started. So what do I do? And I think uh, a lot of times they kind of ignore this whole, you know, W2 aspect because uh, at least in my view, you know, if I already have a job, uh, you know, me trying to save a little more money is easier than trying to get a side hustle or find alternative sources of income or do crazy, uh, you know, like double, triple loan financing deals that I just, that I'm not familiar with. But here we are, you know, I have my income that's like a readily source of funds that if I just saved a little more of it could help me buy a one property a year, two properties a year, and then just kind of go from there. So I think it's very, uh, you know, kind of your W-2 income, your full-time job income is a very uh, undervalued uh, source of, of funds and, and just cash flow that can help you with that growth. So I, I honestly think more people should look into that and, and realize, hey, they already have a source of funds to finance some of their beginning properties and it's their job. Yeah, I'm a big, uh, I, I love the saying, uh your W-2 job is the engine that can propel your real estate investing journey, right? And what I I guess what I get frustrated with is I've more conversations I've had recently, people have money, but they don't want to invest in real estate. I'm like, you guys are crazy. And why not? Let me show you what I'm doing. And the the dots are starting to connect. But on the other, the flip side, to go what you say, the, the conversations I have with people that think they don't have any money and whatnot, they have the money, they're just choosing to do something else with it, right? So you got to get into this whole budget process of saving up, taking a year or two to save up. And not a lot of people want to do that because it is typically life altering for them, right? They're going to have to give up going to the bar, taking the kids to this fancy thing that everybody in the neighborhood is doing or whatever. But it's those sacrifices that are going to 
eventually work out for them. Um, question though, you said your wife and we were chatting a little bit before I hit the yep. record button. Uh, sounds like she's an integral part of your, um, of y'all's, I'm going to, I'm going to call it an empire, right? You guys are building a real estate empire. Sure. Um, one of the things that I stress to the mastermind members and everybody that I come in contact, the number one thing you have to do is you have, if, if you're married, you have a better half, you have to have them on board. Absolutely. With that. So when you're, you and your wife came together and said, okay, we're going to start doing this. How did that conversation go? Was she leading the calls? Were you leading the calls? Did it both just click for you and it was really easy or did it take some convincing on either part? Um, well, I'll start by saying, I think you, you're spot on that. You know, if you're thinking about doing something like real estate and especially scaling it up, you, you cannot do it without support of your spouse or your partner, your significant other. It's a big financial decision. And sometimes, like you said, it requires sacrifice and uh, maybe lifestyle altering choices. And you absolutely need to be on the same page. So it's, uh, it, it's kind of paramount. I, I wouldn't imagine doing real estate or even thinking about it without you know, kind of talking to my wife and making sure she's on board. So, yeah. uh, you know, for us personally, it was uh, actually a fairly easy decision. Uh, you know, when me and my wife kind of first met and then started looking at our goals, uh, becoming financially independent and kind of, you know, retiring early, uh, creating a stream of passive income has always been something we both wanted to do. Uh, you know, we both worked hard, but I wouldn't say we absolutely loved working. So we always had that notion that, hey, I think we, we you know, we want to not work, I guess, till 60 is the best way to put it. Like we're yeah. not interested in, in doing that whole 30, 40 year corporate job. So uh, we were both had this interest in passive income and real estate just started coming up more and more often. And, you know, when we looked at different investment choices and uh, thinking what would work better for us. So uh, it was, it wasn't, you know, there wasn't much convincing, I guess, to be done uh, for, for either of us. I would say that I was probably kind of a more active driver and um, I kind of spent a little more time managing our portfolio, but my wife, uh, you know, she's supportive. She definitely helps out. Uh, so I, I, thankfully for me, I guess I didn't have to do much convincing yeah, uh, because she saw the value that real estate can, you know, can give us in terms of that passive income and, and wealth generation. You're a lucky man. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, and I am too, you know, quite frankly, I don't know if your wife does this. And one of the things I love about my wife and also it frustrates me is I'll be grinding on an issue. It doesn't matter if it's a W2 job or through real estate, something I'll be, I'll be grinding on an issue for days Uh huh. and I'll take five minutes and I'll go explain to her the issue. And then with just like that, She'll, yes. she'll give me the most brilliant answer and which is 90, if I get my stubbornness out of the way is the time is what we go with. Right. And it's, it just frustrates me that she has that much intuition about the whole thing. So, well, you know, I think it, um, for me, I noticed very similar thing and I think it comes down to having a different perspective. Yeah. Um, I'm naturally like a very, I'm, I'm not very outgoing and I tend to be a little more like self-centered and let me just figure things out on my own kind of yep. guy. Yep. Uh, but, you know, sometimes you're so into it and you're just thinking about something all the time. You, you kind of become close minded and yeah. speaking with somebody, especially like your, your spouse who, you know, knows your situation. Uh, they can give you, you know, perspective 
that's completely different. And you're like, wow, what, what the hell was I thinking for the yeah. last week? <laughs> uh, you know, and not that like you couldn't think of it by yourself. You, you probably could have eventually, but well, uh, you know, they just help you, you can think give yourself the, credit for that. I'm not going to take credit. <laughs> <laughs> they, I, they just help you think in a different direction. I'll, they definitely do. I'll leave it at that. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to mess with this thing right here on the microphone. Cause I was rearranged. I'm out of my element. I rearranged my office about an hour before this call. That's why I'm kind of a little sweaty or whatever. Okay. Uh, I'm not used to this view. So when cars and trucks go by, if you see my eyes going, <laughs> that's what it is. Distracting. I'm distracted. Yeah. Uh, may have to rethink this or just close the blinds. One of the two. Um, so let me ask you this. Uh, so y'all both work full time. Oh, let me back up. So there was a, there was a young lady who joined uh, my mastermind and first weekend there, she says, how do you convince your better half to, to do this? And I was like, Ooh. Whoa, that's a, uh, that's a hard one. I don't, I don't know. I can give you my feedback, but that's the beauty of the mastermind. And there's, there was five or six other people on the call that night and said, here's, you know, what they've had. I said, but here's the thing. I don't think you should be in this mastermind until you talk to your husband and he's on board. Right. And, and she didn't like that answer, but about three weeks later she dropped out and I, I yeah. don't know where she's at today, but it's just one of those things that was because in the, um, the religion she was in or he was in was kind of the driving force behind that. So that's like a double edged sword. I'm like, no, 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 y'all too. I don't, I'm not taking your money. You need to, you need to go have that conversation with him. Y'all need to figure it out before we go further. Cause we're going to push you in this mastermind to take action that if you're not on the same page, there's going to be a divorce happening real quickly. Right. So anyway, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> so you got to know. And, and, you know, I think it, um, you know, I, I'm not a relationship expert by any means. Uh, but what I've kind of found out with these types of conversations with your spouse about money or investing or, or something else, it really comes down to aligning your goals first. Uh, you know, it's not, like the real estate is not the issue. And, uh, you know, it, it's not usually the specific, I guess what I'm trying to say. It's more yes. like, are your goals aligned? Yeah. You know, if, if you guys have a misalignment of goals between you and your wife or you and your husband, uh, you know, you want something and the other person wants completely opposite. Like that's the problem that in my opinion should be addressed first and talked through because goals, then obviously you know, you'll be aligned on the means as well, if that makes sense. Yep, definitely does. So you guys are in multiple markets, right? You live in San Diego. Right. You've got investments in San Diego as well? We do, yeah. So how did you land in uh, Birmingham and Atlanta? I'm just curious because I spent some time in Birmingham. I drive through Atlanta, I don't know, once or twice, maybe four times a year uh, yeah. to go see the in-laws. It, neither one are markets that I want to be in, but I'm just curious on from San Diego, how do you guys landed there? Um, we actually, <clears throat> so I kind of evolved my market selection strategy, as I call it. Uh, the, the most recent market that, that I was happy with was actually Kansas City. Yeah. Um, and that's where we actively invest. So Atlanta and Birmingham, we invested, you know, about five, five years ago or so. They were a lot cheaper than they are now. Uh, okay. But my, my strategy generally comes down to, um, you, you know, it's, it's complex. I have like this whole checklist that I go through, but if I had to boil it down, uh, I look at markets that first are pretty strong uh, in terms of economy and uh, population growth and job growth. So I want, uh, you know, kind of, it doesn't have to be 
you know, market like New York or Los Angeles or San Francisco, that's absolutely booming. Uh, but uh, I don't like a lot of Midwest cities that are, are kind of stagnant, not much growth. Uh, you know, and kind of Birmingham is probably on, on the cusp of that criteria. Um, I definitely like Atlanta in terms of job growth, population growth. Same with Kansas City. They're very, uh, you know, they're kind of thriving cities, I guess you can call them. People want to live there. People have jobs. Uh, and and kind of the, you see positive macroeconomic trends in those markets. And what I found is when you have conditions like that, it tends to drive both price and rent appreciation uh, mm. in, in most areas. And I think those are some of the keys to being successful buy and hold investor uh, like myself and my wife. It's, it's very tough to make money in the long term if the prices are flat and the rents are flat. Yeah. Uh, because chances are your expenses are still going to be growing because of yeah. inflation and just rising prices. And, you know, your cash flow that you get today is not going to be there five years from now. So we want to see those trends. And I think if you focus on kind of job population and economy growth, that'll foster the the price and, and rent um, appreciation for you. So that's one of the keys I look at. Um, and I also kind of look at relative uh, you know, uh, basically price to uh, rent, rent to price ratio. So uh, how undervalued is the market? Uh, you know, if you look at markets like New York, again, San Francisco, I'll just throw them out there. They have crazy growth, but the prices there are so high uh, relative to the rents that it just will not cash flow. You won't get much return. Um, and on the other hand, there's markets where like, you know, very, uh, you know, kind of good, uh, uh, rent to price ratios, but the growth is just not there. Um, what is instead, a good rent to price ratio? What are you looking for in that? In that well, range? so that's like your, uh, if, if your listeners have ever curled of the 1% or the 2% rules, that's where they come from. That's the, yeah. uh, you know, the, the price to rent ratio expressed kind of as some uh, arbitrary criteria. Uh, I mean, I'd say 1% is probably my minimum. Uh, yeah. 2% markets are tend to be like your, uh, very uh, cheap, but also the growth is just not there. Yeah, uh, a lot Class of Midwest D, cities are like right? that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you know, they look good on paper. They 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 have crazy cash flow, ten percent cap rate. Uh, but when you look at the again macroeconomic factors in those areas, uh, they're just not there. And and I think five years from now, your cash flow is going to be non-existent because especially if you sell the property for the same price you bought it. Factor in your closing costs, you lost money on the price, uh, and you know whatever cash flow you made could be just wiped out. Yeah. Um, so you know probably about between one and a half, uh, between one and one and a half uh, percent is is probably where our properties lie. Um, I just found that to be like a good balance between still having good growth, uh, good macroeconomic factors, and relatively cheap prices. Uh, you know, so we're kind of picking up, for example, in Kansas City, where we're buying units for around fifty, sixty thousand per unit. Uh, th- these are for multifamily properties, uh, which is not, you know, as cheap as some markets. Like I've heard people buying, you know, twenty thousand per unit uh, properties in the Midwest, um, but they're, you know, definitely I think well performing. Yeah, for us in the long term. So when you buy these properties, do you have mortgages on all of them? Do you aspire to pay cash for them? How do you go about financing if there is any financing? Um, I'm always a proponent of financing. So I think just with using financing and leveraging your investments, your returns will skyrocket. So if, if we look at your cash on cash return, 
your overall ROI, uh, IRR, return rates, uh, leveraged versus unleveraged, the leveraged most always will win, uh, you know, if the property's cash flow can support the loan payment, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so, so I'm a big proponent of financing. We have financing on all of our properties. Now, we have bought a few of them cash, uh, just, you know, usually for reasons like it was a kind of a fixer-upper, it was hard to get financing. So almost like a BRRR strategy, uh, or maybe it was a competitive situation, um, and I felt like a cash offer looked better, but we would refinance them, you know, six months to a year from purchase um, into some sort of long-term financing, even if we bought them cash. Uh, yeah. So kind of buying cash is more of like either a necessity or just, uh, you know, you're planning to maybe rehab it significantly and then increase its uh, after repair value and then get a higher kind of loan on it. Yeah, De- definitely financing is the way to go. Completely agreement with you there. There's um, so you guys are getting twelve thousand a month, and uh, is this is that net or gross? Uh, that's net. That's after net, you know all expenses, vacancy, uh, yeah. capex, accountability, right? So that's a that's a pretty amazing number. And one of the things that I've seen as we kind of progress in our portfolio expansion, if you will, is how it takes that momentum a while to get going. But once yes. it's there, man, it is hard to stop. And when you start taking in that much cash flow, the doors of opportunity just open up. So what do you what are you doing with that twelve thousand of monthly cash flow when it comes in? I'm um, I'm assuming you're turning around and reinvesting it or looking at yeah, other stuff. Ex- ex- that, no, exactly that. We actually ever since we bought uh, you know our first property, we've saved a hundred percent of our cash flow from rental properties. So I've never used it for anything other than buying more properties. You don't, you uh, don't take the wife out to a nice dinner every now and then just to. No, well, you know, and the key I'm uh, coming back to us working full time. We, uh, you know, we always treated our cash flow from rental properties as extra income that is getting right back into our investments. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and kind of one of the reasons for that is because we, we still work and we still have these incomes and that's what's support paying our bills and kind of supporting our lifestyle. Uh, you know, so, so we've kind of relied on that income. Any extra income we've ever generated from our businesses or rental properties or other investments, we always treat it as like this isn't spending money. You know, we just pretend like this money doesn't even exist and it's going straight back to our investments. Um, so it does require discipline, obviously. It's, um, you know, something you mentioned before, like, uh, even saving part of your salary takes discipline and some sacrifices. That is very true. Uh, but I think that kind of that level of financial discipline is necessary. If you want to grow a portfolio, be a successful investor, uh, you need to kind of figure that out early because it's only going to get worse if you have rental properties. You know, if you're oh, yeah. making 10 extra thousand from just cash flow from rentals, then you buy an even bigger house, you know, start spending all that money, uh, acquire maybe consumer debt, you're just digging a hole for yourself. So yeah. uh, working on kind of establishing financial discipline, learning about budgeting, savings, very much all the things that you, you kind of mentioned, the basic personal finance principles. Uh, if you can master them, you know, in the beginning stages, then when your cash flow does grow and we're like talking an extra digit at the end of, of everything, uh, you know, you can still use those same principles, rely on them and they'll serve you you know, for as long as you live, basically. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I actually, I have a lot of, 
I don't know, I probably have 10 different accounts that I use for our investing stuff. So when rent comes in or different revenue comes in, it immediately is dispersed out to these other, uh, right. <laughs> and it's, it's a little bit harder for me to get. So if I transfer in and out of that, um, those accounts, it takes me, you know, sometimes five to seven days. So there's, yeah. if there's any urge for me to, you know, grab something, then it's gonna, I have to think about it for a while, right? Well, we so. do something very similar. It's in fact, we treat, you know, kind of our real estate as a business. And, you yeah. know, I have kind of the, you know, other business ventures and that money is, is in those accounts. I never even see it in, in my personal uh, yeah. bank account. So let me ask you this. And, 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 uh, I'm sure you're, you and your wife have had this conversation, but you know, I have my own reasons. Uh, and it's mainly, you know, the reason why I started W2 Capitalist is because i I kept seeing all the the fire movement and stuff that was going on with yeah. that and how you're going to invest. And then, you know, you go live in mom's basement and you can be financial <laughs> independent. Well, financial independent and financial freedom are two separate things, right? Yes. So, but why do you and your wife, if you want to answer for her, I, I don't know. Uh, why do you uh, continue to work? Because not only do you have your day job, you've got a, a side hustle amongst the real estate investing. And we'll get into that here in a minute. So. Why don't you continue to work? Uh, so I'll, I'll answer your question, but I'll say that we're actually really close to completely quitting our W-2 jobs and basically realizing our goal of retiring early. Uh, and, and that was our goal from the beginning. Uh, you know, ever since we kind of started getting into finances and investing and, and, you know, figuring out the best path for us, our sole goal or our main overarching goal has been to uh, quit our jobs by having enough passive income basically to replace our salaries. Yeah. Uh, and we've made a decision that until we're there, we're going to keep on working because uh, like I mentioned earlier, you know, having that, that stable income and saving a big chunk of it uh, is one of the biggest drive uh, growth factors. Uh, so we're basically, you know, we had a goal uh, for, to, to get to a certain amount of uh, passive income each month and year. Basically, that would replace our salaries and would sustain our, our living expenses. And we're actually very close to that goal. Uh, and, and we're probably in the next year or so, we're going to finally quit our jobs and, uh, you know, retire from at least our full-time careers. Uh, still keep the real estate thing, the, the, uh, the side businesses going. Uh, but, you know, all this time, we, we knew that, uh, hey, we're going to keep on working because it's kind of driving all this growth and helping us achieve our goals faster. Uh, but then as soon as we get our goals, then we're, we're done. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, uh, you know, I, I'm similar. I don't know. It would be real hard for me to ever imagine a world where I didn't have to go to work, right? <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait for that. I, well, I, I understand. <laughs> and, and uh, yep. you know, because um, I took off we're recording this on Saturday. I took off Thursday and Friday for some other stuff that I've been doing. Uh -huh. And I mean, I woke up today, like not like, what do I do? Like I, I felt like Ricky Bobby. I didn't know what to do with my hands. You know what I'm saying? It just, yeah. so I'm, I'm sure it can be something that I can um, get used to, but I never started investing. At least I don't remember starting investing say, Hey, I'm going to quit my job or whatnot. Maybe I did. It's been so long ago. And now we've kind of tapped it in this, this movement to help other people. And a uh, matter of fact, Jake uh, from Jake and Gino challenged me. He said, I, uh, it was earlier this year or no, it was late last year. 
He's did you go to their one of their events? No, I was supposed to, but we had a, a tropical storm come this way okay. when I was supposed to leave, and I didn't feel like leaving the kids and wife. Yeah. <laughs> hey, y'all deal with this tropical storm. <laughs> I'm going to <laughs> South Florida. Um, but you know, he challenged me. He said, I, "I think you'll be done with the W two in a year." And I'm like, ah, I, I didn't say yes or no. I, I think what I what I answered and what I think will really happen is if I am able to help more people by leaving corporate America, then that's, that's when I know it'll be time to, to pull the plug. Right. And, and that, so, uh, what will happen with the W2 catalyst at that point in time? Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> but well, I have I think, no, um, no end date, uh, for, you know, my, my big goal is to build 300 years of legacy wealth. Yeah. That's a goal I'm never going to achieve. Right. But it's at least something I'm grasping for. And it helps me think in such a different world. Um, I can't imagine not having that engine to invest uh, money in, uh, into the real estate. So uh, I don't know. Lots, lots to think about between here and there. I, I think it's a far off date, further date than, uh, than uh, you and your wife. But uh, Well, I think the beauty that you gain with having you know, this residual passive income and all these investments, um, and, and that's kind of always how I looked at it, is you gain the freedom. Uh, like you said, you get that financial freedom. It doesn't mean that you have to retire then. It doesn't mean that you have right. to quit your job. Uh, it just gives you the freedom to do what you actually want to do. So whether, you know, if you're totally stoked to go to work and, and you love what you do and, and kind of you love the, uh, you know, helping people or working with people there, like, great. You know, nobody yeah. says you can't do that. If you want to quit and some people, you know, maybe want to do volunteer work uh, because that's kind of where their heart is, then you can do that because you have the financial means to support yourself or, you know, you quit and maybe you dedicate more time to W2 capitalist and, uh, you know, running your mastermind group and other ventures, uh, even though maybe that's not making, you know, as much money as you used to make at your corporate job, let's say, uh, you can still do that. That's, and that's kind of why I think, uh, you know, the power of passive income comes. It's, it's the freedom that you gain from it to kind of do what you want. It doesn't mean that you have to quit your job. It just means that you can, if you want it to, the means to yeah, yeah. Or you can pursue really any venture that you always wanted to do without worrying like how I'm going to pay rent or how I'm going to pay my bills this month. Yeah. You got me to think, you know, I don't, I don't know if, um, I would feel like so much of a hypocrite if I were trying to lead the W2 capitalist <laughs> army, so to speak, and not have a W2 job. <laughs> I don't I know. Mean, some I, definitely I, to something think to think about, about but, but I, I don't know that uh, <laughs> uh, it may. I may. I may be able to get get away with it for a while, but there's something that just tells me that I wouldn't be able to. Uh, the authenticity goes away. Oh, it almost seems like the pinnacle achievement of your movement to me. Actually, you know, I could would be. imagine that most of your listeners, uh, you know, and again, I could be wrong, but I would imagine that most people listening to your podcast that have W two jobs. Uh, but are, you know, pursuing investing or real estate, probably doing that because they don't want to, you know, have that job forever. Yeah. Uh, or, or until they're 60. So in, in fact, you know, if, if you leave your job and kind of because of what you achieved, you know, through the principles that you teach, that could be seen as almost a, you know, hey, this is like the ultimate uh, achievement. That's true. Movement. That's true. I need to hire you as my consultant and coach. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So you do have your W2 job. You also have your investments going on, but then you have a third thing going on, which I'm pretty excited about. And, and for those people who have been listening, um, you've been hearing me boast about it in the intros and whatnot for a couple of weeks now. Uh, and that is the platform dealcheck.io, right? So you're the yep. founder of that, am I correct? I am, yes. Founder, creator, all of the above and below uh, of that. So give us the inside scoop. They, they get tired of hearing. I think they're tired of already hearing me say this, although I've seen it. Because you play the same recording or? No, no, no. I, I try to wing it a little bit, <laughs> but it's very similar wording. But uh, I've seen a few people already sign up uh, and they're going through their trial, right? And they're using yeah. promo code W2CAP. Um, but yeah, tell us about that. Tell us what sparked that a little bit and uh, some of the major benefits that probably aren't as highlighted as much from if, you know, just going to the website and seeing the demo. Sure. So, uh, you know, deal check uh, basically came about uh, in, in 2015. And um, when I was myself kind of looking at uh, a lot of rental properties, I was driving around. Uh, and as probably most of your listeners know, uh, analyzing the cash flow projections, the potential returns, uh, how much cash you'll need to buy a property, uh, you know, all those kind of financial numbers are probably one of the most important thing you can do uh, when you're buying rental properties. You might have heard that a lot of people say you make money in real estate when you buy. And I'm, I'm kind of a firm believer in that. Oh, yeah. and a big part of that comes to actually understanding the financials behind a real estate investment. And ultimately, is it actually going to make you money? Because, uh, I don't know what the percentage is, but probably, you know, at least half or even more properties that you'll come across will lose you money. Uh, and only a small fraction are like those great deals that you hear about that, uh, you know, they'll actually be worth your investments. But you're never going to know that unless you have a very kind of consistent, accurate method of predicting and analyzing the cash flow projections from rental properties, flips, uh, wholesale deals, really any real estate uh, transaction. So, um, I was in the same boat, you know, when I was in an, uh, actively looking for properties, I was trying to analyze them, especially like quickly and, and in bulk. Uh, and I used Excel for a while, as many investors do, you know, the oh, yeah. spreadsheet, just something I think I downloaded from somebody, then like modified it. Uh, it was getting to a point where basically it was uh, like I was making mistakes and it was an unwieldy process. I had like a million tabs in Excel one for each property, then sometimes I'd modify like a formula or the way calculation is done. And, you know, one tab, I'd forget to change it in the other tabs. Basically, it was it was a mess. It was it was hard to manage. Um, and I thought, well, there's got to be a better way to do this, like in some sort of systematized, like organized way. Uh, and I looked at what was available on mobile, on desktop uh, back in 2015. I really didn't find a, a tool that I liked particularly. They were either like old or clunky or hard to use, or some of them cost like, I don't know, a thousand dollars. I've seen software analysis platforms for real estate investors, like $997 to buy. And I was like, that's crazy. Um, so being a software developer myself, that was kind of my full-time job at the time. Um, I thought, why don't I make something to, you know, for myself, maybe share with a few people and see how it goes. Um, so I actually threw together a mobile app version of DealCheck first. 
so it was a simple mobile app where you could plug in some numbers and, and run a pretty simple like crude analysis calculation. Uh, but I thought, hey, I'd be driving around looking at a lot of properties. This can like help me, you know, because it's hard to use Excel on your phone, especially like yeah, it's, it is. it's almost impossible. <laughs> yeah. So I put together this mobile app. Uh, it worked well for me. And then I was I talked to a few of my friends and I, you know, they found out about it and they're like, hey, can you like send me a link? So I actually published it on the iOS and the Android stores. Uh, you know, so they could download it. It was actually free, you know, at the beginning, I, I didn't charge for it or anything. Uh, and to my surprise, like they loved it. They were like, man, this is awesome. Like, can you, you know, they start asking for new features and like, can you do this? Can you improve on that? Um, and that was basically the start of deal check. It was nice. uh, almost like an accidental project. I didn't have a business plan. I didn't do any of that stuff that you're supposed to do when starting a business. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't even like do market research, but yeah. uh, it just came about and it started growing organically, uh, you know, s- slowly for the first few years. But then uh, since like 2017, so for the last three years or so, uh, I, I, we really found our market fit with this product, released a web-based version, you know, iOS, Android app, added a ton of features and it grew, uh, tremendously. And now we have over, I think it's 110, 120,000 investors that use deal check, uh, you know, to analyze basically any type of, uh, investment property, rentals, flips, uh, BRRRs, the, the buy rehab. Uh, rent refinance repeat method, um, multifamily commercial deals, wholesale deals. Uh, so I've been very happy with, uh, with you know, we expanded our team and, and how quickly the product's been growing. It's really been amazing to hear the stories of investors. Uh, you know, I get emails almost daily, people saying, hey, your tool like saved me from, uh, you know, buying a, a horrible deal uh, or on the flip side, like, I, you know, I used your tool and I was able to screen properties really quickly. Right. Yep. And, and I could put in an offer like the same day, uh, you know, with confidence and, and it helped me close on this great house. So, uh, that, that's obviously the main benefit of the software. It was, uh, we didn't want to get into like a lot of like CRM or, or like lead generation. It was deal check is solely focused on being a go-to platform for property analysis. So, we built a whole feature set around that. Uh, obviously, in addition to the core calculations, you can uh, import property data quickly from public records and active listings. So you just type in an address, and it'll pull, you know, these like how many bedrooms, bathrooms, square footage, like all of that for you. So you don't have to type it all in. Uh, last year, we released sales comp, so you can pull up a bunch of sale recent sales comparable properties, uh, see how much they sold for, help you estimate the ARV. Uh, especially when you're doing flips. Uh, we have rental comps as well. So you can see, you know, up to 20 uh, comparable rental listings in the same area, how much they're renting for. So you can find a good rental price for your property. And also, you know, that's important projections. Oh, yeah. You don't want to overestimate the rent and then you can't rent it for that much. So, uh, you know, we have ability to upload photos. You can add notes. You can generate PDF reports. So it'll put all the analysis information for you. Uh, give you this really nice formatted PDF in like seconds. Uh, we have a lot of agents and kind of wholesalers uh, use that tool if they basically need to share the property with somebody. Um, actually, some syndicators, I believe, use it as well to like distribute the property report. Um, then we have this offer calculator, which is basically a reverse valuation um, analysis tools that says like, hey, 
you know, I want a minimal cash flow of $300 a month. I want a cap rate of 6%. I want cash on cash of 12%. So you just plug that in and it'll tell you what is the maximum price you can offer on the property. Probably uh, my most favorite uh, part um, about your software is that right there. Because years yeah. ago, I got tired of going through the other calculator that you and I are probably familiar with. Yeah. And I was sitting here guessing at numbers and finally I got tired of guessing at numbers and I emailed, you know, whoever their development team is and say, look guys, here's an idea. I want to hit this number and this number and this number. Yeah. Just it's, tell me it's the a, price. That's all I want to know. And they, right. It's a very common request. And like, it's yeah. not something that's easily, uh, you know, cause like you said, if, if the, if the calculator doesn't offer that feature, you're going to be like, okay, let me drop the price by 10,000. Nope. Okay, yeah. let me drop by 50,000. Okay, yeah. yes, but maybe drop it by 40,000. So like, you know, you're guessing there. It's it's hard to use. Deal check, you just plug in all of your criteria. It, you know, a second later, you have your offer price. Uh, yeah. and, and then you know that, hey, if I, you know, if I offer this to the seller, then it'll meet all of my criteria. So then you just have to see like how much of a discount this is versus asking or whether it's realistic or you know, if it's, if it's too low that, you know, you, you have to move on because you're just not going to make money on this deal. Um, so it's basically a whole suite of features, uh, that we've built, uh, you know, specifically around deal analysis. That's kind of what we pride ourselves on and we want to be that go-to platform. Uh, and, uh, like I mentioned, you can use deal check online. So if you go to dealcheck.io, uh, you can use it on any desktop, laptop, any computer with just your browser, uh, or you can download the DealCheck uh, mobile app for your iOS or Android device. Uh, use it on your phone. It's optimized for the phone. It'll sync all of your data across your devices. So you can be like driving at an open house. You, you know, your agent showed you a nice property. You ran the numbers right there on your phone. It looked pretty good. You can come back to your uh, uh, home or office, open it up on your computer, dive in a little deeper, look at comps or whatever just to make sure it's a good deal, put in an offer, use the offer calculator. Yeah. So cloud sync. And, uh, love it. Yep. All right, and, cut you off. Keep going. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just done. I, you know, I can talk about it forever, but it's actually, we have several, uh, you know, tiers for, for usage and we have a free tier. It's free forever. It's not a free trial. So you can actually create a free deal check account. You know, you're limited by some of the features on how many properties you can analyze, but we have tons of people just use the free version if they're only analyzing a few properties a month. Uh, you know, they're kind of starting out. They, they don't want to invest a lot of money into a platform. No worries. Just start yeah. using it for free forever. Again, it's, it's not a trial. It's literally free forever. And we wanted to keep it that way to make it accessible to especially beginner investors. Because I remember when I was starting out, didn't have a lot of money. I see all these services charging me subscriptions. You know, it's hard it's hard on you when you're a new investor, but Absolutely. with deal check, you can start with the free tier. We do have some upgrade options. If you want the full suite of tools, they're really reasonably priced, like a few cups of coffee a month. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the other thing that I love about it too. Cause I, I think the plan that I looked at, it was like seven or eight bucks a month. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I it's like, super cheap. Yeah. The value is to. definitely there. You, you actually just gave me a pretty good idea. Once I get more comfortable using the software, I may host a demo in our uh, in my Facebook group and just show folks how easy this is. Since I'm now an affiliate, I want to make sure they know I'm using it and uh, I'm just not blowing smoke up their their rear. You know what I'm saying? No, it's it's you know that's a great idea, and I always encourage people like just try the free version. It's again, yeah. it's 
we don't ask for your credit card. We're not going to ask you for a payment. You're not going to get charged. Like, just try the free version, run a few properties. Uh, you know, you like it, you like it, you know, keep using it for free. And then if you want to upgrade reasonably priced, uh, type in W2 cap at checkout and you'll get a 25% forever discount on top of the, the low prices that we have now. So that's uh, specific to W2 capitalist podcast listeners, Absolutely. Uh, promo code W2 cap. So I appreciate the plug there also for the promo code. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I want people, you know, like I said, it's, uh, you know, obviously it's, it's a business for me, but the biggest, um, kind of the, the biggest reward for me is not monetary. It's getting those emails from investors that, uh, use the tool to either help them avoid horrible deals, uh, yeah. or use the tool to help them find those gems, uh, quickly put together an offer and, and close on them. Cause uh, you know, I really want to help investors cause I've been in those shoes. I know how, difficult and stressful the the especially buying your first property was like oh yeah you know the world was ending for me i I (laughs) looked over everything a million times i was sweating it was uh, i I think i read the whole mortgage packet that they give you you know the 500 (laughs) pages like i the closing took three hours it was it was a stressful time but uh you know if we can help you run those uh analysis projections with deal check knowing that you're not messing up any of the numbers, the formulas are consistent, everything is the same. Uh, and they're kind of all, you know, all the properties you ever looked at are saved there for you. So you can look back at them later. Uh, yeah. So if we can help you take that out of the stress, I'd be happy. Yeah. And, and matter of fact, there's a guy who messaged me on Facebook this morning. He said, um, I'm not going to say his name. He says, Hey bud, question. What are your thoughts on properties that just break even? What is your take on the mindset that this will be another property building capital, even though it's not producing additional income? My answer was that scenario doesn't fit in my investing strategy, but everyone is different. What I should have answered with is, have you ran this deal through dealcheck.io using the promo code David to make sure you're getting the right answer? Well, no, it's it's valid because, you know, one of the tools we have in dealcheck is this uh, thing called buy and hold projection. So, in addition to just looking at what the numbers will look like today, if you bought the property, it'll show you the numbers 35 years into the future. For yeah. every year, you'll see what your cash flow will be. Um, and that's actually a very good exercise to do for a property like, you know, your your uh, your subscriber just described. You know, okay, it's breaking even now, uh, but what is it going to look like five or 10 years from now? When am I going to actually start making money on it? And And it's hard to answer that question uh, you know, with, without looking at those long-term projections, factoring in, you know, your price appreciation and rent growth, if there is any inflation uh, and, and all of that, it's, uh, I probably would pass on the property just like you did or yeah. you, you, you suggested yeah. just because of, you know, I'd like to get something even now, but you still yeah. want to look at those projections. And I'm not into a point where I'm going to um, play in the appreciation game, right? Yeah, it's, it, it's a gamble. It is, and that may that strategy may be part of our overall view eventually, but it's it's not today. Yeah, it's right. it's not today. Um, all right, so I've been asking everybody this who comes on the show recently. Uh, when you look at your crystal ball, where do you think the market is headed? Ooh. And we're, realize we're this conversation is happening in early twenty twenty, right? For you listeners, 
Yeah, and she will read all the disclaimers. That yeah. Is not, <laughs> uh, no, but it's it's a tough question. You know, everybody's talking of a crash. Uh, yeah. I, if I had to say, I don't really see a big crash coming. Uh, just, just kind of my gut feeling and and what I see in the industry. I definitely uh, see a slowdown or or maybe not as uh, explosive growth as we saw over the last five years in the real estate market. Uh, maybe a minor correction or kind of flat line. Uh, I just don't see, you know, like a, a big, a big crash coming. Yeah. Um, but you know what I'll say with that, uh, again, I could be totally wrong, uh, but I've never been a fan of timing the market anyway. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you could wait right now on, you know, you could say, Hey, I got a hundred thousand to invest. I think the market's going to crash. And you could be right, market crashes this summer, and then you go in and buy a property and you're all happy and, and doing great. Or you could sit and wait for the market to crash for five, 10 years uh, in the whole time missing out on your cash flow, your price growth, uh, and all of that. Uh, and you know, if, if I had to pick between the two, I, w- I would say just go ahead and invest now or at least start looking at deals. Uh, It it may be harder to find deals right now in in a lot of the markets because uh, inventory is a little low. The the prices have appreciated a lot, but it is still possible, uh, you know, if you look hard enough. And and I think if you can, uh, you know, maybe spend a few months, like be realistic, it might take you six months to find a good deal. Uh, But, you know, when you find it, I think you'd be happier that you bought it now than if you just waited and waited on the sidelines uh, for that correction that, Nobody really knows when when it's coming. Yeah, and and how patient are you being right now when you're looking for deals? Because I, for the most part, I've given <laughs> I've given up, <laughs> but it's okay because I'm giving myself uh, a couple of excuses. Uh, number one, in the last eight months, I've changed jobs. I left the job I was at for 15 years to start a new gig with a different company. Um, we had baby number three, which we're still getting used to that. And we've got a lot of momentum coming with the W2 Capitalist. So I've been focused on that. I'm still analyzing, like when I left the mastermind the other night, uh, left, it's, it was a Zoom call just like this. So when I hung up yeah. with those guys, um, what I was committing to doing but between now or that call in the next two weeks was to analyze at least three multifamily properties because uh, I've got a self-directed RA that I've, I, I want to do something with that's been sitting idle for too long. And... Um, you know, I'm already done with it. Uh, that challenge that I put on myself and there's one that's a maybe the other two are just no, you know, so it's, it's, it's really trying my patience, but what are you doing? Like, are you altering your criteria and saying, Hey, we're going to do this. Or are you altering your marketing to try to find more properties? What are you doing to try to, to swim through this, this pretty tough market we're in right now? Um, it's more probably not so much altering criteria, but altering kind of lead generation. Uh, we bought, uh, you know, over the last kind of two years, we, we actually bought a lot. We bought 20 plus units just in the last two years. Um, and all of those purchases have been off market. Oh, nice. uh, so nice. I, you know, when I first started, we looked at a lot of MLS properties. This was like five years ago. Uh, and, and there were deals to be had on the MLS. And what I've seen, and, and that's kind of like the go-to right source. Most people like get together yeah. with an agent, have an MLS feed, or maybe they go on, you know, uh, Redfin, Zillow, like realtor.com and look for properties themselves, which is basically coming from the MLS. But what I've noticed in the last, uh, 
few couple of years, especially last year, just the MLS is almost uh, almost like non-existent for good deals. Um, yeah. and, and we really uh, had to start looking off market. Uh, for us, what worked especially well have been uh, direct mail campaigns, very targeted, very small. Um, we, it's probably a whole topic for another podcast. How Absolutely. We do it, yes, sir. <laughs> you know, sent out just like a hundred mailers and had a crazy high response rate from that. Um, or it was networking, uh, really networking in, in a targeted area with agents, property managers, and basically telling them like, look, if you have a client that's selling properties, they want to sell quick. They don't want to deal with, you know, getting offers accepted or rejected, like falling through call me and we'll work something out with them. And, and we actually got a few uh, properties that way. So, you know, cause a lot of sellers just don't want to list on the MLS, even in today's market, believe it or not, yeah. uh, they have some price they want to sell, or maybe they have a distressed property and they know it's going to like not so well. Uh, if you're able to kind of get in through your network and, and see those deals first, get together with the seller, uh, you, you can close on something actually really good without even having to go to market. So, it's more have been looking at alternate, uh, you know, deal acquisition channels instead of just, you know, saying, hey, I'm just going to wait to see what's going to pop up on the MLS because in a lot of markets, well, in Kansas City, that's really where we're looking right now. It's, uh, it's just the deals on there are far and few between and most always they're either gone in a day or two or even mm. if they're passable uh, or, or you're just sitting waiting for them. Gotcha. Um, so, and, and, and I actually think that that's, even in a kind of in a buyer's market, you know, even in how the market was like five, six years ago, uh, having multiple lead channels, so to speak, is always a plus. So instead of just saying, I'm going to see what my agent brings me and, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. you can do that. You can look yourself on those websites that I mentioned. Uh, you can try direct mail. You can work with wholesalers, you know, uh, find a few wholesalers in the area that you like and get on their buyers list. Uh, you can look maybe on like bigger pockets marketplace or or other places where deals are posted. So basically, the more places you look, like the more deals come across your desk, uh, the more the higher the chances that you'll find something worthwhile. Like you looked at three, you said one of them was maybe you know two are uh, uh, two, no. two are passable. <laughs> then yeah. well maybe if you looked at thirty, the kind of like you know a much higher ratio than maybe you would have had like one or two okay deals or even maybe one great deal in there. So at a certain point, it comes down to volume, how much deals pass through your desk. And, uh, you know, there's a certain percentage of them, a certain small percentage that would be those gems that you're looking for. But yeah. the fewer deals you look at, the less likely you are to find one like that. Yeah. And I definitely need to crank it up when it comes to looking at deals. Right. And, and I've said this, um, several times over the last couple of weeks, I need to get broke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm kind of using that money that's sitting in the self-directed RA, um, as a crutch for me not to be as active. Uh, but I'm also trying to remind myself we're still getting used to baby number three. <laughs> yeah. So, well, you, obviously uh, you got a balance, right? Yeah. Yeah, we do. And, and, uh, I don't know, we'll see. I'm, I'm trying to get, that into something because I'm just sitting there saying, looking at it and that money is, is actually going negative in value. Oh yeah. Being honest, you know, not performing. Yeah. Yeah. So I need to do something with that. Anton, it's been incredible. I'm actually jealous of how you say, uh, mobile. Uh, I know that's your Russian accent. It really comes <laughs> out when, when you say that word. So, uh, that's when I picked up on it. I was like, 
Man, I gotta, I gotta start. Maybe I'll record it for you and, and yeah. send you like a. <laughs> I'll put it in MP3 my phone. That'd be my, yeah. uh, that'd be my ringtone for you. <laughs> right. <when> you call. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, uh, thank you for this. I really appreciate your time coming on and, and talking about Dilchak and, and doing and actually uh, telling me about some features that I didn't even know were in there. So, um, before we close out, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Um, I actually just give people my personal email. It's just Anton at dealcheck.io. That's A-N-T-O-N at uh, dealcheck.io. So I don't mind hearing from you guys. Uh, if, you know, I get a lot of emails, but I actually reply to pretty much all of them. Just may take me a few days. So if you have questions about deal check, obviously you have a feature request suggestion. We're very open to that. Uh, or if you're, you know, just curious about my real estate investing strategy or, um, you know, need some advice, uh, I'll, I'll do my best to help you with that or direct you to like a, an article or something that I've written, or maybe another podcast I did where I discussed that in detail. So just send me an email, Anton at dealcheck.io. Uh, have no problem. You guys email me directly. And I'll, uh, I'll link to that in the show notes. Thanks again, man. We will, I definitely, I'm going to take you up. You did, you kind of hinted around of, of another show, more topics. Definitely want to do that. Absolutely. Uh, and, I, and I also want to learn a bit more about how, you're from Russia, but as your bio says, you served in the U.S. Navy, right? I did. Yeah, it's a so crazy story. I want to get into that uh, at some point in time. By the way, thank you for your service, and uh, we'll chat again soon. Uh, thank you, Jay. Looking forward to it. Hey, right, buddy. See you. Take care. Hey, guys. Before we get out of here today, I want to point you over to our affiliates page, and one affiliate in particular, Audible, um, because it is amazing how much content I can consume uh, through audiobooks. Uh, I'm not a big reader, never have been. We were joking the other day, I went to actually a, a meetup, uh, Toastmasters, trying to get uh, a little bit better on my presentation skills and in live person, getting trying to step out and get out of my introvert personality, whatnot. And uh, the question I had to get up in, in the very first meeting, I had to get up and, and give a speech on the book that I read when I was 10 years old. And I was like, well, I didn't read books when I was 10, but here's what I read now, you know, and I kind of went through that. And, um, so yeah, I, I, it's amazing how much, it's amazing how much content I consume. And I remember my mom trying to get me to read when I was younger and I, I just couldn't get into it. Uh, but, uh, I don't think audiobooks were around then. Uh, but if they were that, that, that was the, that was the kicker for me. I need to have it in my ears. Uh, listening to it while I'm doing something other uh, that I think is more productive. So I want to point you to, to Audible. Uh, they are one of our affiliates of the show. And uh, if you go to w2capitalist.com slash affiliates, you'll see them on there. There should be a link for uh, a free trial. And I don't necessarily know when this, this episode is going to come out, but uh, in 2020, in January 2020, I issued a Read 20 and 20 uh, group. Uh, anybody could join in. I think there's like 20 folks in there uh, just to encourage people to read more because that is because there's so much amazing content out there from people who are just a little bit further down the road in this journey that we're all on uh, that we can learn from. So we don't have to worry about um, making the same mistakes they did, you know, taking the, the best advice. So check it out. Audible. Uh, if you want to get involved in the read 20 and 20, um, hit me up on Facebook Messenger. Uh, probably reach out as a friend request too, but hit, send me a message that says, hey, I'm only in this 20 and 20. 
uh, depending on where you are, uh, where we are in the year, you may have some massive catching up to do depending on how much you've read, but it's just a little group for extra accountability. Hit me up.